Welcome to Dyslexia and Beyond, where we interview people who have dyslexia and have succeeded by using it to their advantage, as well as people who are experts in dyslexia and other learning differences. My name is Marco Maltobano, and I'm a high school student who has dyslexia and will be your host. Dyslexia and Beyond is for people with dyslexia, parents whose kids have dyslexia, and educators interested in supporting youth and families with dyslexia, as well as anyone else who has a learning difference all from the perspective of a young teen who has lived through some of the ups and downs of having dyslexia. This first podcast in this educational series on dyslexia and other learning differences will be split into two parts, starting with me sharing my story with you so you can better understand who I am and why we should spend time together. And part two of today's podcast will be an explanation of what this podcast is meant to be and why I decided to do this podcast, as well as some hints on who it will feature in the near future. Most episodes should be between 45 and 50 minutes in length. However, this one's a pilot episode, so will be considerably shorter. The most important part of today's podcast is this next section, where I share my story with you. The reason this section is so important is I'm hoping that it can help build a sense of rapport with you guys, so you can understand who I am and why I believe it is important to educate people on learning differences. I'm also hoping this next section and the podcast as a whole will help people with learning differences believe in themselves and understand they're part of a greater neurodivergent community. Life's not easy with a learning difference, but as you'll see, so many people have thrived in their lives because of it. And what lies ahead with your learning difference or dyslexia is yours to own. And I hope that in some small way, my podcast will help inspire you to move forward with that journey. I was five years old when I was first diagnosed with a learning difference. And by that I mean, I wasn't formally diagnosed, but they could tell there was something different about me, especially when they compared me to other students. The key giveaway was that I could not read and I absolutely hated doing it. As well, I could not recognize patterns and had trouble pronouncing words, all of which are relatively common signs for people with dyslexia. Some of you might find this story familiar. Luckily for me, one of my kindergarten teachers decided she was gonna do whatever she could to help me learn to read and recognize patterns. So she spent about an hour, twice a week, trying to help me to recognize patterns and read. One thing that has become clearer to me is that such support services are not commonly available in school systems, nor are teachers necessarily trained to identify and support young students with learning differences. And I was very lucky to receive this support. Recently, I found out that my amazing kindergarten teacher was an Orton-Gillingham tutor which is a tutor who uses special teaching methods to help people with learning differences be successful. This was one of my first experiences with support. And again, I was so lucky. My challenges were spotted early by a trained professional. Just being told to read more or try harder was not gonna solve my problems. The next year, I passed an interview and entered grade one at a highly ranked school in my region. My teacher started to notice some problems with my reading, math, and writing performance. In other words, I was drastically below my grade level. Closer to the end of grade two, my mom, who you will hear from in a later episode, wanted to get me tested to identify if I had a learning difference. But my school did not want her to get me tested. At the same time, I had just begun to see a therapist for some personal issues I was having, but we'll go into that a bit more later on. While the school was not transparent about why they did not want my assessment done, you may be able to speculate. Let's just say, having a formal learning assessment done may lead to accommodations and supports, which means more cost for schools and more work for teachers. Though there are a lot of good teachers out there who are happy to give the support to students, there are always some teachers who don't. Those do make up a minority of the population of teachers, however. 
So, nevertheless, I did a psychological education test, or PSYCHED for short, which is a test done to determine if and what learning differences one may have. In grade two, they started building an IEP for me, which is a legal document that tells schools and teachers what accommodations they are obligated to give me due to my learning difference. A quick thing here, an IEP stands for Individualized Education Plan. Sounds great, right? However, my teacher at that time outright refused to give me those accommodations. Was it ignorance or laziness on his part? Only he knows. But I would be forced to take time tests and quizzes in classes without the use of a scribe or any of my accommodations that were legally owed to me. Uh, just so you know, on my IEP, it says I'm supposed to get extra time and be able to have a quiet room for my tests. This, of course, made me feel really bad about myself. As I didn't fully understand my learning difference at the time, I didn't actually really knew I had one. Without the proper support or empathy from my teachers at my school, my peers definitely did not understand what dyslexia was or how it affected me. So they began to think I was stupid and started picking on me, which only grew harsher with each passing day. All of this in one of the country's most prestigious schools. Thanks to the incredible research my mom did on my behalf, we discovered various ways of supporting me and my learning difference. One experience that changed my life happened in the summer between grade two and grade three. That summer, I went to the Listening Center in Toronto, Ontario, where, as you'll hear in the next episode, I learned to read and write better through listening training and neuroplasticity. The concept is out there, but I swear it worked for me. In a coming podcast next week, I will speak with the founder of the Listening Center, and I'm sure you'll find that fascinating. The following year at the same school, the abuse from my peers became a lot more frequent but warped into microaggressions, which would take place anywhere in the school, even in the classroom. Thankfully, once again, a support teacher reached out to support me in any way she could. She was amazing and her support came at such a critical time and helped me get to where I am today. Even with great intentions, this posed a new problem. The newfound support was very visible to my peers as it was done in a room right next to the main classroom with a glass wall separating it from the class so my challenges and supports were visible for all to see without explanation. One of the harshest comments I still remember came from this, and was the only reason why you are able to be successful in class is because your support teacher answers the questions for you. You can probably imagine why this comment was hard for me. While that school was a terrible experience for me, in spite of the wonderful support teacher, there is always a light at the end of the tunnel. At the end of grade five, I left that school and went to a place that had a program specifically designed for people with learning differences. The school was structured to have a small independent classes for people with learning differences while also having classes for people without learning differences, which was the majority of the student body. This program had a very cool structure where they educated students who did not have learning differences on what learning differences were, effectively normalizing people with learning differences. This made me feel accepted such a radical change from my last school, and something I have yet to see elsewhere. They also focused on teaching people with learning differences important skills so they could slowly integrate themselves into a full-size classroom, where they can be successful, which is great prep for university or college. Because this school has been so good at supporting me and building such a strong, inclusive environment amongst the youth, I saw a significant bump in my social life and my grades. Today, I'm still in that support program, and due to it, have been able to take massive strides by using my dyslexia to my advantage. 
I've been able to accelerate my courses in almost every subject. Now looking back on my experiences at my first school, despite it being very hard for me, that time has taught me resilience, compassion, and now self-confidence. All those learnings allow me to lead several clubs at my school while being, able, being at the top of my class in most subjects, including math, which my first psych ed said I would never be good at. Having said all of this, there are still hard days and bad days. Each year brings different challenges and anxieties, especially as I get closer to high school graduation. I also realize that such supports that I benefit from may not be available to you for various reasons. So I'm hoping that this podcast will share the experiences that other dyslexics, experts, and I may have, which could be relevant to you. One important distinction I would like to expand on here is about my interpretation of dyslexia. A lot of people, including myself, when they get first diagnosed, think it's the end of the world, and the writing in the psych ed can definitely make it seem that way. However, over time with the experience, I learned that though dyslexia legally refers to my learning difference and the potential problems I will have with writing, reading, math, and slower processing, it also refers to the advantages that come with it, such as the unique way we can approach and visualize problems and retain information at a higher capacity than most. And you will hear a similar experience and beliefs from several of the podcast guests who have dyslexia or similar condition, such as Blake Mohobrick, who is on the Canadian National Rugby League team, or Fraser Rowland, who got brain damage and trained himself to use his visual spatial brain to be successful, or Raymond Moyland, my current support teacher, who has brought me a long way in my writing skills. Now, before I conclude this podcast episode, I would like to talk a little bit about why I decided to start this podcast. The reason that the culture towards my learning difference is so different at my school is because of the great education they give all students on learning differences. Of course, every now and then, I might have to clear up a misconception about my dyslexia, but that's just because the person is not well informed, not because they're trying to be rude. These big misconceptions might be, you, do you read backwards or do the words jump around the page when you read? The more people who know about dyslexia and learning differences, the better. I understand your experiences may be very different or very similar to mine at my prior school. I hope that the educators hearing this podcast will learn how they can be more proactive in educating their student body, and that kids with learning differences have the same potential and aspirations as anyone else. They just get there differently. The second and more personal reason why I'm doing this is to try to help other students, people with learning differences, as well as parents, understand more about learning differences and themselves, as well as where they may look for general or specific support. Be aspirational, and most importantly, be proud of who they are. As my parents say, nonlinear thinkers, non-traditional thinkers will have a competitive advantage in an increasingly complex world. I've been lucky to have some very unique opportunities and experiences, which cannot be said for everyone with a learning difference. So my hope is to try and share those opportunities to as many people as possible in the hopes that something may resonate and make a difference for you. I'm still on my journey, and thank you for joining me on it. And together, we can continue your journey. I hope you'll be joining us next week, as I'll be interviewing Paul Medal, who runs the Listening Centre out of Toronto, Ontario, and is a place I went to to learn to read. His method of getting me and others reading is worth listening to, 